does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. For three, nine o'clock hour, hanging out in the drivehuber.com studios. Mark Ross, NFL insider for the NFL Network. We're efforting going to join us here in just a moment. All right, my Mike Epps story. You said you had a, you had an update. Someone tweeted you, or is this Thank in the you. YouTube chat? Thank you to Jimmy for this. Okay. Jimmy goes, tell Sweeney that Epps has a home renovation show based yeah. here oh, in yeah. Indy. That oh, is I know. probably what the lamp was for. Well, I I know, and I've seen some of the homes that he's done this with. I just I see him as having very new and fresh stuff, not a forty-five-year-old dusty lamp that says Bush Light on it. How dare you disparage Bush Light? <laughs> hey, listen, come Carb Day, you're gonna have seven of those by nine. Come Carb Day. Come today, <laughs> Thursday, Thursday, January twenty fifth. Watching the uh, the Pacers and 76ers tonight. Yeah. Have we decided thirty six and a half over under for I'm, Embiid? I'm, I'm taking the over. Yeah, you don't you don't bet the unders. You, you even told me this. If you don't want to live yeah, this way, no, Andy, well, that's what I'm telling you, Kevin Bowen. God, the Pacers need to win. Boy, they need a win. Again, 6.30, that coverage tonight. Tip-off, 7 o'clock right here. Radio-wise, catch it right here uh, on the fan. All right, always love talking some NFL. Mark Ross joining us, former uh, NFL exec there uh, with various teams, including my New York Giants, also NFL network analyst. He joins us here on the Payless Lakers Hotline. Mark, good morning. Thanks for joining us, man. How are you? All right, all right. How about you guys? Man, we are fantastic. Uh, jacked up over these games and uh, Super Bowl in a couple weeks. We're, we're sad the Colts didn't make it, and they have a lot of decisions. We can dive into that here uh, in just a second, but I, I wanted your thoughts. I mean, the big news coming down last night, Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL. Jim Harbaugh with the uh, with the Chargers now on a five-year deal. What are people in NFL circles saying about that reunion with Harbaugh and the Chargers? And, and boy, we've done the exercise size mark around here that AFC next year is going to be absolutely loaded yeah no doubt and that just made too much sense for Harbaugh to go back to the Chargers San Diego Chargers LA Chargers you know now San Diego when he played and you know it's not as if it's some college coaches coming in there and and uh, you know taking a stab at it this guy was one of the best coaches in the NFL when he was with the 49ers uh, actually, when I was with the Giants, we happened to beat them in I the, uh, I remember. <laughs> the playoffs there when he had Alex Smith and, uh, you who, know, who that, fumbled? that rain nasty day. Who, who fumbled? Yeah. Who's the 49er punt returner who fumbled? Uh, Williams. It, uh, uh, Williams, yeah. yeah. Our guy, yeah, our, our guy on the punt, man. Jawan Williams <laughs> came and forced a fumble, and they had a Williams that fumbled it and that uh, sealed it for us with the field goal. So, uh, you know, but so it, you and I, it, it just made too much sense. Really a perfect fit. This guy knows how to win. He knows how to resurrect teams. And now he's got one of the best quarterbacks in the league to do it with. You better watch out for the Chargers, even as early as next year, because he turned around the 49ers back in the day, you know, with Alex Smith there in a year. So I would expect the same thing there. Yeah, what, 13 wins that first year with the 49ers. Again, Mark Ross is with us. So certainly it was very close to getting the GM job here in Indianapolis back little over a decade ago. Mark, uh, four openings left. Carolina, Seattle, Atlanta, Washington. What coaching candidate are we not talking about enough? Oh, man, that was a – he put me on the spot with that one. One not talking about – you know, I think Evero down there, talking about Carolina, you know, the job with the defense coordinator there, Jiro Evero, who 
uh, really that held them together when the Carolina, as bad as they look this year, and, uh, you know, the job he did on that defense to have such a, a bad team and, and you're just fighting, uh, you know, that said something about a coach. And it's not about X's and O's and, and it, you know, it's really it's about leading men. It's about leading a team and galvanizing a team and bringing them together, kind of how Antonio Pierce got that job with the Raiders. You know, it's really just – okay, here's a guy that came in here, and obviously the players love this guy and they want to play for him, and they're motivated by him. There's something to that, and you have to take that into account. And I think Evero did that similar thing with the Panthers. You know, Steve uh, Wilkes did it last year with the Panthers and then got let go, uh, and you see the job he's still doing there with the 49ers now. So, you know, he kind of would be a guy that you're looking for. Mark Ross with us here on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline, former NFL front office uh, exec, scout for over 20 years, uh, a great follow on Twitter, and he's on the NFL Network as well. Boy, tens, tons of things we can go to. I Just as a follow-up, Mark, with that, I, I wrote down Patriots, Chargers, even though that one, we'll see how that works out, and at least Raiders, and I feel like there's another team or two. We've had like half the openings hire a coach before a general manager. Now, someone like Washington hired a general manager, Carolina, uh, and then they'll bring in their guy. I guess uh, you were in these front offices. What is that relationship when one gets hired before another? I guess, are you surprised that half these jobs have a coach before a GM? Yeah, really so, and um, and I was I've had it both ways. When I was with Philly, you know, um, you know, before Andy Reid got there, it was kind of all kind of all over the place. But it was it was a front office centric. Andy came in. Andy had all. Andy Reid had all the power. He ran the show. Great. We won. We did all the things. Andy respected what we did on on our side of the building. Worked closely together. Then when I got to the Giants, you know, they were historically uh, GM centric. You know, GM made the decisions. Jerry Reese was our head coach. Tom Coughlin. I mean, Jerry Reese, our GM. Tom Coughlin, the head coach ownership that was the structure but everyone knows that so as long as everyone in the building kind of knows who the guy is there's no there's no such thing whenever you're here we're going to collaborate it's 50 percent and do it that's just not true someone and everyone in the building has to know what guy has the final decision when you're making decisions because there's never going to be 50 percent on everything but that being said i always think there should be the gm in place first and then the coach because the gm is really looking out for the long-term stability of the team the foundation of good decisions and coaches are more so, Hey, I got to win or I'm up out of here. You know, and yeah. uh, there was more stability in the past with GMs. Now those guys are kind of getting turned over, but more so the coaches that I've been around and even the best ones are looking more. So of, I got to get this W now. I got to make decisions for right now, as opposed to the now and the future. So yeah, it's been a little bit of surprise that they've been jumping on a lot of these coaches first. Yeah, no one even talks about it anymore. That, that's the reason I was like, all right, so I guess this is a thing we do. Mark Ross, NFL Network here on the fan on this Thursday. A natural transition then. Bill Belichick, uh, why is he not the head coach uh, in Atlanta? Is, is I guess is Bill not having a job more on him or uh, the NFL doesn't mind hiring these offensive young coaches? They don't mind doing that anymore. Yeah, that's just the thing now. Hey, just hire who's on that Shanahan tree, the next young coach. You know, Callahan got a job now and – you know, there's been success with those guys and you know, a couple of them in the playoffs now and the McDaniels of the world and McVay, of course. And so owners, the NFL is a little bit of a copycat league are looking at, yep, we want the new hot, young, fresh coordinator to help our offense, help our quarterback, get us a quarterback, whatever that may be on the offensive side of the ball. And also, to be honest, you know, 
a lot of owners, GMs don't want to deal with, hey, I'm Bill Belichick, and, man, this guy's sure. walking around the building, and um, am I going to, is he going to want his own people and get me out of here or deal with that sort of personality? You would think, okay, we get a Hall of Fame, maybe the greatest coach of all time in here. He'll help us. But a lot of people don't want to deal with that, just just to be quite honest. And I'm sure from the the outside, people said, no, we're not even going to pursue Belichick. Whatever interviews he's gone on, whether it's Atlanta, there's a strong possibility. Whatever has gone on there, there might have been things where Arthur Blank said, you know what, no, we just don't want this. So uh, a lot of variables to it, but bottom line is kind of the new, fresh, young offense coordinator type. And this guy's Bill Belichick. Do we want to have to, have to deal with this guy? Again, Mark Ross is with us. Uh, you see him on NFL Network, and again, his um, extensive background really extended to that 2011-2012 GM search here in Indianapolis, uh, and he was deep in that interview process. Mark, I, I'm just kind of curious, like for a GM candidate, what is the interview process like? Team A calls you, they fly you in. I know probably a lot of this can be done virtual now, but what are you presenting? If you are the candidate, what are you presenting to a team uh, during a GM interview. Yeah, well, that's just, that's interesting that, you know, you, you just kind of want to have, you know, you talk philosophy, you, you talk about the roster, you talk about the future, you talk about the things you've done or the players you, you, you have, have drafted. Um, but every owner, you know, I did a bunch of them, you know, fortunately at the time I did a bunch because a lot of interest, but unfortunately in the hindsight, a lot of factors that went into decisions that were made, but, you know, sometimes even owners are just looking to pick people's brains of, of different teams, and a lot of them aren't real interviews. It's just, hey, they got a guy, but, hey, let's see what they're doing at that organization that's doing really well. But, you know, you're really just trying to talk philosophy and uh, and plan and future and uh, the landscape. You know, when I went, um, you know, it was interesting. You know, Ursay, I was in there with him, and but that was when Andrew Luck and you know Peyton was still there. The Andrew Luck decision. So, and then RG three was coming out too. So we we kind of talked about that a lot, and of course I'll, I'll remember that the decisions that were made around that. So you know, all of them are kind of different and all structured different ways, and different owners want to see different things, or they, some want you have a presentation, some want to see that, some don't, some just want to talk. So. You know, they're all not created the same, but some of, you know, pretty much all of them have the basic foundations of what you're going to talk about. Certainly one of the bigger decisions here for Chris Ballard this offseason will be how you handle Michael Pittman Jr. Again, Mark Ross with us here, longtime NFL executive from the NFL Network. How would you handle Michael Pittman Jr.'s free agency, franchise tag status in relation to building around Anthony Richardson? Yeah, he was on my list in an article last week about the guys that, that earned contracts, earned extensions, earned contracts. And, um, you know, he's one of my five guys on offense just because of the way that he's played and how stable he's been and consistent he's been. And, you know, for the Colts as a whole, just to overachieve the way they did, uh, you know, coming into the season and then your guy gets hurt, you think you're going to build around an Anthony Richardson and the, what they did. And I think Michael Pittman was really a main cog and, and that, stability uh, and oh so close to making the playoffs push so yeah I, I think you try to get it done sooner rather than later you don't want to get into that tag game with him a guy like him with that you don't want to get into any contentiousness with the contract so I'm sure they've been working behind Chris Ballard's been working behind the scenes feverishly with with Pittman's owner to get something done so I would expect him to get done and you know sort of long-term deal pretty you know I don't want to say a timeline but 
you know, not something they have to worry about with him having being on being a Colt for a long time. Mark, just as a follow-up, you know, Pittman's interesting because he's 26 years old, okay? He's going to be 27, but he's 26, and his value to the Colts is maybe even higher than to other teams in the NFL, having the young quarterback and kind of keeping one of your own. I mean, he's probably due 23, 20, you know, 22, 23 mil per year. Would you agree with that? And how do you handle a player who's very good? He's not an outside deep threat, but he he's a very good player. I mean, he's a dog, and I mean that in a good way. He's a tough-as-hell player, but he does mean more to you, and you might have to pay him a little bit more than uh, perhaps you wanted to. Yeah, and that's, that's something you always want to sort of draft and keep your own. And, and that's, you, you don't want to lose guys. And then, okay, we got to start all over again. And especially, there, there is a lot of value that other stuff that you talk about with players. And, you know, we value that with the Giants, valued it with the Eagles, with it's not just for the production. Of course, you got to be productive to even talk about the other stuff. If you're not productive and you're a bum, you're not saying, hey, we love this guy and he's a leader. So you're going to keep them. But someone like that who has shown to be productive and you know his value in that system for that head coach, for Gardner Minshew, okay, and now we got our, our superstar, hopefully our up-and-coming superstar coming at quarterback. Oh, now we're going to get rid of the most stable dude we have on offense, you know, Jonathan Taylor, of course, but our his receiver, get rid of him. Now let's start all over with a rookie or something. That would be tough. So you really want to value not just the production on the field, but the dependability, the leadership, the character, and everything else he brings. Mark, great stuff. Always enjoy our conversations with you. I know it's a busy time of year as we whittle it down to two for the Super Bowl. Uh, Hopefully we can uh, catch up again later this offseason. Sure thing, anytime.